a lovely name. Why, I believe it means angel. And welcome to Scream 101. I'm Brennan Klein. And I'm Shannon Shalakian. And today we're talking about Sleepaway Camp. Boop, boop, boop. It's actually the first of our summer camp series because we skipped Friday the 13th Part 3 last week. And we're sorry. And also this one's late. But it doesn't matter because it's here now. Yeah, I graduated this last week, which was very exciting. So Congratulations, Shannon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a real adult with real... Real adult anxiety now. And real to-do lists. Real to-do lists. But before we start our episode, we usually say a spoiler alert in kind of like right before we say the plot, but I'm just going to say it now because this is probably, there's probably one of the biggest reveals in horror history in this in this movie, so... Yeah, if, if you're in any way involved in the horror community and you haven't seen it, you've probably already been spoiled, but we don't want to be the person who does that for you, so turn this off and go watch Sleepaway Camp. Not that I endorse not paying for things, but it's on YouTube, so you have literally <laughs> no excuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also probably on Amazon, so pay for it there, but also it's on YouTube. Shh. Anyway, uh, let's start uh, like we usually do with our 10-word reviews. I have none, because I had a very busy week, and Brennan... Do you, well, do you have a 10-word review for your graduation? Um, let's see. Uh, this is going to be more than 10 words, but this is kind of like... Okay, just like a brief... Yeah, a brief thing. Look, you you so, earned it. Yeah, just exactly. Like I'm, I need an essay with 1,000 words on okay. my desk by Monday. So uh, the deal with graduation is, you know how you have your birthday and people ask you, like, oh, do you feel older? And you really don't feel older because it's just a day and yeah, it's just it's like just a celebration. The next day. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it feels because... Like, like one more drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um. Like my actual schoolwork ended the week before, so there was kind of like I felt the release just after getting my last final in. Um. And I didn't find out my final grades until the day after graduation. So <laughs> there was that. But um. Yeah. So it just kind of people keep asking me like, do you feel it? Do you feel it? And I was like, I don't really feel it yet because it's summer. I'm in the same apartment. Like you know. Doing um, the same podcast. Doing the same podcast, you know. Uh, but I will be feeling it when I move and when things start happening and mm-hmm. I become real adult, etc. So graduation was great. I had a good time. It was very fun. And yeah. Great. I got to meet the mayor. I was very excited about that. He was really nice. He was. He's wonderful. Tenor reviews for you. Okay. Uh, my tenor reviews are The Darkness, the worst Blumhouse movie in years. And that's saying something. Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising. Way too many characters, but Rose Byrne is a goddess. And John Carpenter, live in concert. Like being kicked in the heart by a synthesizer. Oh, man. Was that great? It was really fun. Good friend of the show, Matt Russell, took me because uh, he had an extra ticket because one of his friends flaked on him. And that friend was Fred Decker, who wrote and directed Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. Oh, no way. And RoboCop 3. (laughs) Um... But I was like, oh, so I'm like Fred Decker's understudy. I'm okay with this. I am <laughs> the Fred Decker pro tempore. Okay, Mr. Latin. Anyway, um, also, I was in the bathroom, and when I left the bathroom, the person who used it after me was Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> so that's oh. cool. Um, she was in Escape from New York in the fog and swamp thing. Your dad mentioned her on our Facebook page because she's Armenian. 
<laughs> of course she is okay well awesome that's great and uh he brought me back they live stickers which is like amazing very You're excited welcome. about it thank you on to our discussion of sleepaway camp which has spoilers this entire episode has spoilers turn it off right now if you haven't seen it okay so brennan take it away with the plot one sec Oh, also another super cool thing before we get into the plot. Um, Scream Factory has a thing called the Scream Factory VHS Vault. If you type that into Google, you can find it. And they are streaming Sleepaway Camp for free from a VHS copy. And it's pretty cool. It's Obviously, it's a VHS, so it's kind of degraded. But it's just like kind of a cool retro thing. Anyway, here's the, syn- <laughs> here's the plot to Sleepaway Camp. After a terrible boating accident killed her family, shy Angela Baker and... Sorry, she's credited as Felissa Rose of Return to Sleepaway Camp. What? (laughs) Which is hilarious. But shy Angela Baker went to live with her eccentric Aunt Martha and her cousin Ricky. This summer, Martha decides to send them both to Camp Arawak, a place to enjoy the great outdoors. Shortly after their arrival, a series of bizarre and violent accidents begin to claim the lives of various campers. Has a dark secret returned from the camp's past? What? No. Or will an unspeakable horror end the summer season for all? Bum, bum, bum. So we're going to have to address the weird holes in the plot, like, a little later. But there's a lot of holes in that plot, just yeah. in general. What, what's this thing from the camp's past? That's just not, that's not anywhere. Yeah, no, it's not. Whatever. Okay, so we rate scariness 1 to 5 screams, campiness 1 to 5 perms, gore 1 to 5 severed limbs, and quality 1 to 5 unlucky stars. And I will start with scariness. And wait, real quick, before we begin at all, one last reminder. If you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp and you don't know the ending, please don't listen to this part. Uh, come back next week. Uh, because I, just, I don't want to I don't want to ruin you. You you beautiful pure virgin. Go ruin yourselves. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. (laughs) Okay, Shannon, kick it off. Okay, so uh, I'm going to give it two out of five screams. Um, It See, here's the issue, was that it was ruined for me, just being a part of the horror community. And I I knew, I just knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and being part of the, like... uh, like LGBT awareness community. Yeah, that too. Because there's a lot of discussion yeah. around this movie. Yeah. Like kind of like Silence of the Lambs has yeah. provoked discussion because of Buffalo Bill's like transgender identity. Yeah. Um it's just a lot of trans fear. So yeah. anyway, the ending obviously is the main character Angela turns out to be Peter who survived a boating accident. Um but their aunt kind of was like you're going to be a girl now. Um, and there was some sort of like, there was some sort of like Angela having watched her dad be gay, like was interested in boys as well. Um, there was some, some weird stuff going on anyway. So all that happened. It's a movie with a lot of queer undertones, which is really interesting because that wasn't really happening at that point in the eighties. It was the early eighties when, um, it was like right smack dab in the middle of the AIDS epidemic. Mm -hmm. And people were more, th- they were very afraid of gay people. And a, l- a lot of people didn't really mind that they were dying. And it was a really harsh time for that. Yeah. And the fact that this film came out at that time, like it's 
it's got a little bit of those queer fear undercurrents, but it's also got just like so much stuff embedded in it that's just very intrinsically gay. It's so interesting and it's very campy. Yeah, yeah it's it very odd. So anyway, back to the scariness score though. Um, it's hard to mark scariness score because even though this is my first time watching it, I already knew it was going to happen. Like I already knew. Yeah, see, we don't. We don't want to do that to the people who are listening. Like, yeah. I was disappointed that you already knew. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so the entire time I was like, yeah, Angela, kill them. Yeah, Angela, like, have fun. Because I just knew. I knew it was her and I knew, I knew, um, I didn't know the manner in which she was trans. Um, not even trans. I don't know. It, it's weird. It, um, it's, it's very, it's a very strange thing. I mean, the argument could be made that she's, she's not actually trans. Yeah, she's been forced into this role, which kind of drove her crazy because it's not something that she endorsed. I guess yeah. she was pushed into it. Yeah, but either way, it's it's just an, an kind of like an awful situation. Yeah, um, I mean, it messed her up because her crazy John Waters aunt. Yeah, but <laughs> but despite all of that, it was still scary enough. Like I was, I was intrigued as to how um, she was going to do the different. Um, kills and the connections and I and it actually like it's laced together pretty well like it's pretty pretty tight as far as um, like the actual killing stuff yeah absolutely because you know? I was noticing because there is a red herring you're not supposed to be sure whether it's Angela or her cousin Ricky who is performing the murders yeah and everybody who dies has transgressed against both characters yeah like they've done something bad to ricky and to angela before they die yeah so it's just kind of like keeping that mystery up which is it's really solid yeah i mean it was really good so i'm gonna give it a two out of five because i'm sure it was i sure i'm sure it would be scarier if i didn't already know okay um i'm also gonna give it a two out of five screams because even even performing at max scariness it's not a particularly scary movie it's a slasher movie it's not particularly gory because it came out very late in the uh, slasher golden age. So the MPAA had already kind of sunk their claws into the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, not that gore is necessarily scary, but it's less impactful sometimes. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate the kills. Most of the kills are why I gave it two out of five screams. Like there's a kill where um, a guy's he's taking a wicked dump, according to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Angela puts this beehive into the uh, stall stall, with him and she like uh, locks the bathroom doors by stuffing like a broom handle through the handles. And it's just like watching him try to escape because you don't see the bees stinging him because obviously they don't have that kind of budget. This isn't a Lucio Fulci movie. Right. But you watch like the doors pounding as he tries to escape and it's really stressful and like it does capture that really well. And there are a couple kills where you don't see the people dying but you see like their hands coming up and like these claws just screaming it's very it's very kabuki mm-hmm. it actually it reminded me a lot of rashomon which this movie should not remind me of rashomon but rashomon's a kurosawa film about it's like a mystery about who killed this samurai they find in the woods and when the person who discovers his i haven't body, seen yes it it's okay um but the, the person who discovers his body um the shot shows them just staring like basically into the camera and there's just these clawed hands reaching up from the ground and it's really stylized and it's really cool and a lot of that kind of reminded me of that style and mm-hmm. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty great. Okay, so campiness. Oh boy. <laughs> um, Here we go. Let's uh, buckle your seatbelts, everyone. Yeah, everyone take a deep breath. You're going to need it. Okay, so I'm going to give it a four out of five perms. 
because so we kind of okay so we just kind of discussed how it has queer undertones well um i know that this was the 80s and all but i don't even know there was a crop top that was like just below nipple length on this guy and the short shorts and it just no like i don't i don't know whether this is something that is only in the 80s movies or if this was happening like actually in the culture but there is so many wieners i could see them all yeah like did people just walk around like and you knew exactly what everyone's like was working with yeah which way it leans yeah it like which way the stream goes it it was crazy junk too you could see it you could see everyone's religion through those pants honestly but basically whether it's a shirt whether it's pants take the place where it's supposed to end and subtract it by like six inches and that's about how high it goes yeah it's a it's pretty pretty it's something it is something um and then they have like just the characters are so weird like okay first of all crazy aunt crazy john waters aunt. oh my god we're I'm getting well, back to yeah her. we'll talk about her um you have a literal pedophile who's working in the kitchen oh yeah and he's like we call him baldies and he's yeah. disgusting oh god i don't even think i caught that part but yeah yikes and then happened. and then he even says like uh, there's no such thing as too young. You're just too old. And I was like, oh, my God, stop. And then he tries to assault Angela. Um, Which does not go well. No, no, it does not. Um, so there was that as well. And then, like, you've got the the camp director who always has a cigar all the time. Oh, yeah. He's it like is, this crazy summer caricature. Camp. It is so hot. And he's just this guy who, like, looks like he he's he's golfing. And he's he's just got, like, a huge cigar in between like in his hand all the time yeah and he's trying to cover up all the murders to protect publicity for the camp yeah which of course you know and and he also like he's so not attractive looking and yet one of the one of my favorite characters meg who is oh god (laughs) this awful camp counselor she like is hitting on him and i don't i don't get it yeah because it's not like he's rich and it's like what does she want to be like is she trying to sleep with him to like get ownership of this camp why do you want this yeah what is your what is your goal here it's super weird so it's just like the entire thing just in general is just so strange and it's so raw and it's so 80s because like no one is holding anything back because all the kids are all like oh yeah calling each other awful things and you know it's just it's just all okay so i I do think the insult peckerhead was thrown around oh my god uh yeah it's a very sleazy film which is kind of exciting like it's so fun to watch just like it's kids yeah the movie couldn't really commit to the gore quotient and possibly because of budget as well but it really went full bore on like we're just gonna go crazy with this with the outfits with the conversations with like the situations yeah um when we brought up Meg. She has a counterpart counselor who's like this beautiful angel. And Dressed Meg, in white. Yeah, and Meg's always wearing red and black, and they're constantly like badgering Angela because Meg will come up and like shake Angela around and be like, hey, why aren't you talking? Why are you so weird? And the angel counselor's like, Angela, it's okay. You can just be you. And they're just like, they're the little cronk shoulder angel and devil. Yeah. Just like on either side of her. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was so funny. Oh yeah, they were great. Yeah. Oh, uh, I gave I gave Camino's four to five perms. Okay, cool. There are some solid Asia and Blue Oyster cult shirts in this film. Oh yes, <laughs> it's the heat of the moment. 
Um, oh, also, my favorite outfit in the film, which I think is pr- probably should be a category that we talk about. Honestly. But Ricky comes into Camp Social. He's wearing a, shirt, a Converse All-Star shirt and just a huge cowboy hat. Yeah. And I would, I would wear that. Like, that should be my Halloween yeah, costume. Yeah, I literally, I pointed at that and was like, that's you. And before we move on, just there's... There, you like it cuts to a scene and somebody is just like in the middle of doing whatever like their camp business is, and like that's kind of a realistic thing. Like people have lives outside of what we're watching in the movie, but one of the things that happens is there's kids playing water balloons on the roof. Yeah, no. I, is that a thing? I've never been to camp. I don't know. I guess roof play is like a big thing at camp because like in parent trap they put all the furniture on the roof. Hmm. So I don't. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't know. My only, the only thing I'm aware of that can happen at camp is through movies. And it's either you get murdered with a very sharp object or you get your parents back together. (laughs) Or both. Or both. Yeah. We should make a parent trap slasher film. That'd be great. Anyway, gore. What's your gore score, Shannon? Uh, gore is going to be a two out of five for me. I, like he said, it wasn't particularly gory. It also, I did like the variety though. So you've got you've got um, killed with boiling water. You've got, well, I don't even ki- know if killed. Just he, he, he was didn't just... technically die, but he got he got hecked up. And then, uh, the bees, and an an awesome arrow, and an, the classic knife. So you have like this wide range. Um, so oh and and a a hatchet anyway wide range um so i really enjoyed that but as far as like the actual gore goes like yeah there was good blood effects it was just kind of it was kind of okay like it wasn't bad but it also wasn't great so yeah yeah. i totally agree i give it one out of five severed limbs like you said the kills are interesting they're not gory there's not much to speak of there to see which doesn't mean it's a bad film there's no gore on halloween um i'm not saying sleepaway camp is halloween but uh, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was because of this total lack of gore. Like, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Right. But watching it again, I'm really glad I did because I I, I could really appreciate everything else the film had to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of that expectation. Because it's so fun and so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, totally. Which leads us to our quality score. I'm definitely gonna give it four out of five. Ooh, I, yeah, yeah, Shannon. After, I enjoyed it a lot. After final exam, I was worried about showing you another slasher movie. Oh yeah, that was. Whew. Um, but yeah, so it was really fun and uh, really weird. Lots of really great lines. Lots of really great characters. Um, it made me so frustrated. Like as a as a camp counselor, um, it made me so frustrated that they would have like camp counselor meetings where no one was watching the, the campers and they they were allowing all these things to happen um even after the murders like they were aware that there was a murderer they were like i'm just gonna leave these four kids alone in the woods yeah that was a big deal too so but but that kind of kept my my blood boiling for the for the rest of the of the film um but i all together i just had a really good time and it makes me excited that it's summer that's so, fantastic yeah um, I also gave it four to five unlucky stars, which is uh, the first time in a long time I think that we've agreed on something. Yeah, we agreed on everything except except for gore. Yeah, which and is that, crazy. I'm totally okay with that. Um, I mean, it's not great for a conversation because I do love arguing with you. Oh, we will argue, I'm sure. Oh God, yeah, we will. Okay. Um, I gave four to five unlucky stars. What I think is very interesting about Sleepaway Camp is that it's so obviously 
Like if you're looking at the title and the poster, it's so obviously supposed to be a ripoff of Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And yet it just absolutely isn't. It's It carves its own path through the through the foliage with a machete. And like it's so different from the Friday the 13th type, like the Friday the 13th burning type cycle. Mm-hmm. That the fact that it's at a camp barely like registers. Yeah. It's really strange, but I really appreciate its originality. Yeah. Um, there is a crazy scene where they're just playing baseball for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Which I definitely docked me a point for sure because it's real dull. Yeah. But it is kind of like a fashion catwalk of the movie because that's where I think the most crop tops come out to play. Yeah. Also, the opening credits to this movie are genuinely really cool. Yeah. Because um, it's just panning through this empty camp and you can hear audio of like the kids playing and the kids talking. And it's basically this whole thing of like this camp used to be really fun and people were having a great time. But now it's empty and gone and shut down. And I'm like, but what happened? What happened at this camp? Yeah. And it's, it's a really good way to set the tone for the movie. I agree. The credits are very long, though. They are very long. And the score tries so hard. It's like this exhausting like weepy lush scarlet o'hara score it's like (laughs) just like that yeah i mean i i did write it myself of course of course okay on to our favorite segment champion dialogue brennan why don't you start okay um angela has a a boy toy his name is paul um he's basically like he's into angela she's into him but anytime he tries to get physical, she pushes him away because obviously she doesn't want him to find out that her equipment is not, is not, she's not, it has not been smog checked, shall we say. She doesn't want him to find out that she's not a, a, like a girl by birth. Well, yeah. And like other things related to trauma. Yeah. And she has a, like a crazy, like psychosexual thing going on because yeah. it's sleepaway camp. Yep. Um, but anyway, this is during one of their really sweet moments that really like touched Shannon. Um, the uh, Angela's sitting; she's not swimming because she doesn't really participate in any of the games. And Paul comes up behind her and like covers her eyes, and this is what their conversation is. Guess who? Uh, Ricky. Nope. Uh, Burt Reynolds. We're getting warmer. I give up. Surprise. Who are you? I don't know. I was just really struck by it. I like it's really sweet, and I like that Burt Reynolds was a thing that kids knew about. I don't know. Yeah, and it was so natural. Like, like the line reading was just so like, "Who are you?" Like, the, you know? they, like it was. So, it's such good banter, just out of nowhere. I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it was cute. It. it was cute. I agree. Um. So, what's your champion dialogue? I. I do believe that my champion dialogue is actually from, the kind of. Um, uh. The vaguely erotic baseball scene? Yeah. I was trying to figure out how, how I was going to explain that baseball scene, but that is perfect. Um, yeah, so so Ricky, who is a very loudmouth young man, who they eventually think that he's a killer, actually, because of the way that he threatens people. Um, he and this guy, Bill, were getting at it verbally, and um, <laughs> uh, just... This is what Bill says, and then this is what Ricky says in response. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Yeah. And I, I love that because I am going to use that um, in general life now. I hope no one says that to you. No, probably not. But, like, you do have it cocked and loaded, so maybe maybe they should. Maybe yeah. I'll hook it up. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, who's your favorite character? Yeah, one sec. I just like cursing used to be so colorful. Now it's just boring. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my favorite character is Aunt Martha. <laughs> She's insane. Literally. She has this crazy like red and blue Madeline hat on. It's the East Coast. It's very preppy. Like I guess you're right. But she's so she's like this absurd caricature of the perfect mom. And she's like, Look, I packed you lunch for the bus. Wasn't that nice of me? Just like, Oh, uh, we have to get you to the bus on time. Oh, if you were late, that wouldn't do. That wouldn't do at all. And she's like constantly yeah. staring off into space and like talking to herself. And this is right after you see um Angela and well okay this is right after you see the boat accident which right. kills the real angela and spares her brother and kills the dad because angela is secretly peter and dad's lover the Maybe. dad's lover's alive oh he was on the dock oh but um yeah so this is right after a boat accident and she just starts this crazy john water stuff and it's just totally out of nowhere it's so inexplicable and it's really fun i love her so much <laughs> and um but the most important part of that as well is just like oh i've forgotten something she runs off she gets paper and comes back because oh these are your physicals um we had to have them done specially let's make sure not to tell anyone even though i am a doctor and i also love that she's a doctor (laughs) yeah she's a doctor obviously obviously even though she's a doctor then she's not credible for a reason which goes to show that she's even crazier than she appears you know, and that something weird is going on with the physical, which if you know the ending, you, yeah, that's true. Sense. Yeah. I just love her so much. What is that? There's one line when Ricky, who's lived with her for so long that he just assumes that she's a normal human being. Um, Ricky like asks if she, uh, packed potato chips and she's like, I believe there's a whole bag. And she just constantly shouts her lines at the top of her lungs, even when she's just right next to the kids, and it's so amusing. She's like she's like a drag queen playing bingo. She is. There's actually like an urban legend that she was played by a drag queen, which is not true. She's played by Desiree Gold, who is kind of still a mystery. Hmm. But that's the best part about that character is that nobody really knows what's going on there. Yep. This very weird, very weird movie. Just very weird. So Great. who's your favorite character? Very weird. Um, my favorite character is Ronnie. Oh God. Ronnie is first of all, he's got um a good head on his shoulders because he is probably the only person in the entire movie, other than Angel Campsler, Camp Counselor, who like actually cares about the the campers. Yeah, like Meg is literally just bullying the campers. She's like Yeah Mussolini. Exactly. Um uh uh anyway so he yeah i have to describe him though physically so he um how could that's the only way to describe him he looks like a bodybuilder he looks like sylvester stallone right with with a a mullet with like a human face with a mullet and a human face um and his shorts never go past his crotch they are (laughs) so small um, and then all of his shirts are like also too small. And he, there's this one shirt, which is like this amazing white t-shirt that has a red collar on it. Like Ooh, they do yeah. in the set in the eighties. Um, we got these nifty bowling stripes down the sides too. I know. I essentially just want to be like, oh yeah, this character is, is awful. But really he's the only one who like interferes whenever, whenever bad stuff is going down and tries to get people on the right track. So I love him. 
Yeah, and he's he's a fashion icon. He's like, he what can I cut off of this outfit? <laughs> right, exactly. Sleeves, bottom halves of shirts, everything. Absolutely. No, you're right. He's very nice. And what's your favorite scene? Does it perchance have anything to do with Ronnie? No. Ooh. It doesn't. My favorite Switching scene, it it's not my favorite scene because it's a great scene. It's my favorite scene because it's just like the weirdest scene ever, which is just, um, they do like a flashbacky thing where... Angela and her sister, which is, we're getting lost in pronouns essentially, but they like observe their father having sex with their father's lover and then they like end up back on on a bed like staring at each other to which i'm like i don't know what's going on this is very strange i yeah, like there's kind of like a weird incest vibe yeah but it, it's a really like it's probably the best made scene in the movie like it's so surreal and kind of scary exactly it's just like a very different very different vibe from the rest of the movie um so it's only my favorite scene because it was really weird uh and yeah that's it cool um and my favorite scene is just the prelude to judy's death judy's a super mean counselor uh, this uh, no she's not a counselor she's a camper and she used Who to developed yeah she dated ricky last summer but she grew boobs and now she's like mean and awful and also she turned 30 apparently because she's the oldest looking child i've ever seen <laughs> um but yeah no in her she's like she's trying to hook up with a boy but then he kisses too wet and then he runs away it's weird but she's just like alone in the dark, just hanging out in the cabin. And then Angela or Ricky comes in. You're not supposed to know yet. And she's like, who is that? It's too dark. And then the killer shows up and she's like, oh, it's you. Like those people always do. Because, okay, no one's ever said that in real life. Just putting that out there. And she's like, oh, it's you. What are you doing here? And then she just gets socked right in the face and knocked out. It's great. It's a great scene. Every time Brennan enters enters the apartment, now I'm going to be like, oh, it's you. You should, and That'd then I funny. will punch you in the face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Judy was something. She was something. Anyway, let's move on to the Splatterdome. Okay. Isn't that what it is? It's what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just didn't have anything to say. Oh, okay. And now, a moment of silence for those who have departed us. Angela. 1.0 <laughs> is killed in a boating accident. Angela and Peter's gay dad is also killed in a boating accident. Kenny is drowned. You killed Kenny, you bastard. Uh, Billy is stung to death by bees. Meg is stabbed in the back. Judy is violated with a curling iron. Ugh. Uh, four assorted campers are killed with a hatchet. Mel is shot in the neck with an arrow. Paul is decapitated. That was probably my least favorite death. But what was your favorite death? Oh my god. Um, I really enjoyed Arrow through the neck. That was that was a solid death, and you actually got to see that one, although there wasn't any blood. Yeah, it went straight through. It was cool. It was it was good. It was simple. It was fast. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was very abrupt. It was, which I enjoyed. And yourself? Yeah, my, my my favorite scene was the the beehive pooping scene, mm -mm. Um, dumping into that bathroom stall, which just like is so brutal, mm -hmm. and it's so just messed up. And there's actually there's quite a few brutal kills in this franchise because this movie does have sequels. Um, the two sequels star Pamela Springsteen, who is Bruce Springsteen's sister. Oh my god! Um, doesn't matter. Um, probably not going to get to those anytime soon, but. 
it's just super messed up and it's just part of that crazy sleazy campy part of the film and i hate bees so much they freak me out uh but anyway who died that you would resurrect i would resurrect judy because she's a child and she deserves a chance to grow out of her awful self-involved phase and become a regular human being I don't know. I I'm I know that Judy's a child and she deserves redemption or whatever, but she was so mean. She was constantly stalking around, vamping like she's Juliet Lewis in Gem and the Holograms, which is a reference no one will get. Vamping like she's an evil queen. <laughs> and she's just like she'll just waltz into a scene and basically just like launch ten insults and then waltz back out. She's the worst. You have uh, you have terrible taste. Yeah, but everyone who was killed was pretty much an awful person. Uh, what about Paul, who is my resurrect choice? I I don't agree with forcing yourself on people. I understand he's also a child. Yeah, but still. Okay, look, he's a teen boy. He wants to touch no, some boobs. That's no excuse. No, look, she said no. Well, but he did stop. No, I mean, he didn't. she ran away. No, he didn't. He kept going. Did he? Okay. Well. He would have stopped, probably. Sure, okay. Look, he he finally understood that she wasn't into it after she ran away, and he apologized. That's true. I think uh, he redeemed himself. Yeah. And I, he did not deserve to die, and I also, I'm not sure how he died, but that's a crazy, crazy scene, because you just see her like naked stand or sitting at the riverbank like humming to him and rocking him and you think that he's lying in her lap but it's just his head and i'm like how did she she doesn't have a knife on her or anything i feel like she just nodded off it was the hatchet was it the hatchet yeah okay that's probably what it was but i just like to imagine that she bit it off (laughs) um because she just starts roaring after that and it's probably the scariest part um anyway um who would you murder who's still alive then Oh, man, I was going to murder the counselor of the kids who all got killed, but then I changed my mind because I realized that pedophile was still alive. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's an obvious one. Yeah, He's also my choice to kill. He's awful. All right. I'm glad we agree on that. There's not really any discussion on that one. Nope. Okay, on to our game. Okay. Um, There is a game that we have played before. It's called Cast the Remake. So basically, we're going to take three characters from this film and say who we think should be cast in a modern-day remake. Um, But there's a twist, a gender-bending twist. So we're going to be switching the genders of these characters. So it's going to be like a reverse version, which would be a great movie, I think. Yes. So instead of Angela, it'll be Angelo. Instead of Ricky, it could still be Ricky, but with an I instead of a Y. And instead of the aunt, it would be the uncle. Yeah. It could be Ricky Lake. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, who do you think should play Angela? This is a tough one because we don't really know that many kid actors. That's true. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit and say that um, Cole Sprouse, when he was oh, younger. God. Okay, why? Um, why? Because he did some, he actually did some like gender performance stuff on Sweet Life of Zack and Cody where he did pretty well, which oh. is actually something. But I don't know. I was just thinking about actually the coordination between Ricky and um, Angelo in this, time, in this okay. sense, just because. My, the two characters I picked, I think, look related. Okay. So I wanted to, like, do that. Oh, that's fair. That, that, wow, you really, you actually, like, cast I think about things, yeah. Um, oh, and one thing that we didn't mention is that Ricky and Angela really do look like their cousins. Yeah, they look it's pretty very solid. similar. Uh, but my gender bent cast the remake. I was having a tough time with this, but I decided to cast Harvey Scrimshaw, who I know you don't know. He was the little boy in The Witch, which I found his performance to be phenomenal. Good. So I just I think he can work really well in like a heightened reality film. Mm-hmm. 
but I like your idea better because people actually know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think should play Ricky? Ricky Lake. Uh, I'm picking Kiernan Shipka. From, okay, who's that? She's from Mad Men. She was one of the. Oh, she's the she's the the daughter. And Sergio, wasn't she in Brooklyn? No. No. Who is that? I have no idea. We were thinking about it. Wasn't her. The the her boss at the department store. That was Megan Draper. Okay, I was wrong. That's a different one. Um. Yeah, so Kiernan Kiernan um is actually close to child age. I think she's in her. She, I think she's sixteen at this point or something. Okay. Um, or or later. I don't even oh, know. Wait. Was she on Don't Trust the Bean in Perfect Twenty Three? Was that that girl? Yeah, she was. Okay. That's her. That's her. That's right. All right um, gotcha. she was playing herself. Uh, and so she. I feel like she and Cole Sprouse could look similar in that they're both blonde. And oh, you're winning so far. Oh, good. Good. Um, but also, I could just see her whining and yelling at people, just like Ricky does in this film, where she's just like, leave leave him alone, leave him alone, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I feel like she would do very well in that role. So, okay. yeah, that's that's me. All right. For me, I chose Chloe Grace Moretz. Yay. For... That, she was a contender for myself. Okay. I chose her for very similar reasons, because she's like very sweet and innocent, but she she's also She's old has, now, though. She it, Well, she still looks like she's 12. That's true. Um, but she still has the capacity to be really angry and foul-mouthed. And her, her parents are clearly okay with her cussing on film. Yeah, but not in real life. Yeah, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway. Good choice. So, I like that. Thank you. Um, I think I have a trump card in this final one with Aunt Martha slash Uncle Mark. But I want to hear what your decision is first before I be too confident. Um, I picked Ezra Miller. Oh, the, he's playing The Flash. Yeah. But more from like when he was playing Perks of Being a Wallflower, uh-huh. um, because he so he is so like the skinny Ezra Miller. Yeah, he's queer in general, and he has been known to uh, gender perform in different ways already. Um, so for him to play the opposite of that, where he's just very like, you're you're a boy now, like you're you're just gonna be a boy now, like something like that would be kind of mm. terrifying. Um, and I feel like he would do a very good job. Okay, I I think. I, I'm really proud of this one. This okay, is like let's go. My, Come my on. Cor- the cornerstone of my argument, because I was trying to think, like, who could embody this role? Like, this ultra-high camp, really made-up, really weird-looking person? Mm-hmm. Elijah Wood. Okay. Have you seen any his, of his recent filmmaking? No. That's not uh, Lord of the Rings? No, just The Faculty. Uh, oh, well, okay, From yeah, 98. Very recent. Good job. <laughs> Um, well, he's he was recently in Grand Piano. He was recently in Cooties, both of which are movies I really, really enjoyed. But he's oh, also he was in Maniac, the remake of Maniac, which is cool. And I'm not say he has a very editorial look, shall we say? Like his his bone structure is very, very interesting, uh-huh. and his face looks a little like hollowed out a little bit. And I think he could be so camp. And like just really work with that. But he's so short. He's shorter than probably the children that we chose. He's not actually a hobbit. Yes, he is. What? He's tiny. He's go- Brennan's Googling it. I am Googling it. No, no, I'm I'm saying like he's 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 not unattractive, but he's not conventionally attractive. For our listeners to know, Sergio showed up partway through this episode and uh is siding with me against brennan which is a rare feat uh which well I appreciate. He, he isn't it's rare that he sides with you but it's not rare that he sides against me <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a fair point. oh yeah that's okay true. elijah wood is five foot six 
He's Which ta- is short for a guy. Okay, he's taller than Daniel Radcliffe, who's five foot five, apparently. Well, they're twins. That's crazy. Also, Ian McKellen is five foot eleven, in case you were wondering. That's hmm. what Google told me. Thank it just, you. It says Thank people you, also search for. <laughs> anyway, okay, fine. He's short, but he's working with kids, so we're good. Uh, Not let's playing the adult. Let's move on to our final Fine. comments. Okay. What is your recommendation for people who agreed with you about sleepaway camp? I totally forgot to do this. Okay. Do you want me to start? Yeah. Okay. My recommendation is a movie called Psycho Beach Party. It's oh my God. Crazy. I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. It's It's not the best movie. It, it's probably a six out of ten for me. I enjoyed it, but it's a little weird. But it's also it's a super campy slasher movie. It's based. It's a combination between like Gidget and a slasher movie, and it's um. Blah, 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 blah. It has a lot of queer undertones, and there's a cop who's played by a transvestite who actually wrote the play this movie is based on. It's like a whole. There's a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on, and it's all. It features a very early appearance from Amy Adams. Uh, Nicholas Brendan, who played Xander and Buffy, is on, uh, is in the movie, and um, Aunt Zelda from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's crazy. It's super strange, and it's very queer. So I think it's worth checking out if you like Sleepaway Camp. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, I am going to recommend uh, The Burning, which I'm sure I've recommended before, but uh. It's got some interesting stuff, and it takes the gore to a new level, so if you like... Yeah, it's great Tom Savini gore. Yeah, so I would do that, so enjoy. Yeah, The Burning was actually my my plan B for Sleepaway Camp. I had to choose between those two for this week. We watched The Burning together a long time ago, Mm. at the beginning of our friendship. It was good. Yeah, that's why I chose Sleepaway Camp, because you hadn't seen it, and I really wanted to share it with you. It's true. Okay, and um, we will be returning to camp next week. Uh, not Sleepaway Camp because Return to Sleepaway Camp, which is the fourth movie in the franchise, is one of the worst pieces of garbage I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something. Yeah, it really is. Uh, but next week we'll be watching Cheerleader Camp, which I'm very excited for. Um, but here's the clue for our episode two weeks from now. What do you get when you add a letter to Batman and give him a chainsaw? Our next movie, of course. And if you have a guess to that clue, which I'm very proud of, or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, just want to say hi, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Um, find us on email at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Please give us five stars so we feel great about ourselves. Yeah. you have any final comments, Shannon? I just had a final comment, and that totally just left my mind. Give me one second. Okay. Oh, um, one of my coworkers, when I told them about Scream 101, they're like, oh, so have you seen Chucky? And I was like, it's actually called Child's Play. Hey. And they were like, they looked at me like with with a blank stare. And I was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great punchline to that story. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Like yeah. you're so knowledgeable and then you're like, well, no. no. Yeah. That, I mean, that is honestly, that that is me in Scream 101. That is it. So. <laughs> no, I, I love how much you retain from what I talk about because- you talk, talk about, a lot, my friend. I know. But, like, whenever you or Sergio shows any knowledge of horror, I'm like, oh, someone actually listened to what I was talking? That's fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll be playing you out with You're Just What I've Been Looking For, Angela's Theme by Frankie Vinci.
from the Sleepaway Camp Sound. How you deal with it? Finally, entertain myself in the bathroom. Are you recording yourself drinking? That's disgusting. Could you hear it? Okay, ready? Yeah. Ma. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I almost started because, like, I have a script in my head and I just kind of like click into it, but I almost clicked one too far and I was like, "Art Theater of Long Beach, how can I help you?" <laughs> Which is not the right thing. <laughs> Um. Oh, other thing. Okay. Did you know that? Okay, so um, uh, the who's Leslie Gore? Is that her name? The woman who did "It's My Birthday" and "I'll Cry If I Want To." It's my party, and yes. Yeah. Um. So you know her other song, the "You Don't Owe Me." Yeah. Um. They just I was like on the radio, and they like came out with a new version with like rap in it and stuff. Yeah. There's like a. It's like a. It's like a cover sample rap thing. Uh. No, it's like whatever, it's, Sergio. No, it's like a year old at this point. Oh my god, who cares? No, because Cassidy was listening to it when I was in Portland because she's always ahead of the curve. Especially you gotta especially be in, in Portland. Portland, yeah. One sec, that is a loud airplane. It's a motorcycle. It's Hi. by Grace, not with Frankie. Um, let me see. I do love that song. Yeah, I thought of you. Thank you. Yeah, I There's feel a dumb about it now. No, 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 no. No, like it's it's new to the radio. Oh, okay. So jail. <laughs> did you hear it on Spotify? Yep. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> I drove to my parents' house and back, and I listened to so much Minions <laughs> and so much friggin' Mexican radio. Uh, in clucking from chickens? Yes. Oh my God, you got that song too. Okay. Oh good. yeah, I got I got tons of stuff. Um, well, one time when Shannon was out of the apartment, she had left her computer behind, and Sergio and I messed with her by adding a whole bunch of stuff to her Spotify playlist, including the entire soundtrack to Minions. Some of the Minions songs, like I couldn't even I didn't even know what they were. I was surprised. I don't know. One of them was I Swear by Boys to Men, which I don't remember happening in the movie. Is it not by Boys oh, to Men? No, it is. But is that why you had it st- stuck in your head recently? Yeah. Oh. It's like, me, me, I wouldn't have known that. We should have ended the episode with that song. We That's disappointing. Have. I messed up. Maybe next week. We added 10 minutes of, of nothing to this episode. We've been talking for 10 minutes? No. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>